0: Hello everyone, welcome to Pick That One Out, weekly podcast trying to pick out the fun left in football. We've reached episode 9, big milestones in the week in the podcasting world. I'm joined as always with my good friend Will Varney. Will, how you doing mate?
1: I'm good thanks Jack, another week gone, episode 9, yes wow we're really flying through these. Um, And obviously the football was kind to us this weekend. Um, I don't even want to imagine what the prediction scores are after last week I think that's a uh, that's one that we'll get to a bit later on in the show uh, unfortunately Um, but no um, very happy Uh, once again thank you very much to all of those who've been listening um, from one to nine or even if you're just starting now um, very grateful and uh, yeah we've got a a bumper packed podcast let's try and hype it up let's try and get that high octane, octane sports news that people crave and that's why they listen to us maybe
0: yeah, of course. They always go for the uh, the sports news. That's why they're here. That's why we are starting with Breakfast Club. Okay, <laughs> then. Will, so for the, for the first time uh, since doing the podcast, we're actually recording early morning. We are, yeah. Um, so this perfect is the first time, time for Bre- breakfast. Perfect time for breakfast. It's the first time Breakfast Club has actually been at breakfast technically. So I mean, I'm yeah. fascinated to know uh, what's been what work's been put into this.
1: Okay, I mean, look, before we started recording, I gave you a brief insight and I said, Jack, today's Breakfast Club is a disgrace and I'm embarrassed. And I am embarrassed. You know, I I never eat this early. We're obviously, like you said, we're recording this early morning. Um, I never eat really breakfast this early. Um, so today, it was almost a panic. I was like, okay, I need something okay. quite light. I was looking for some fruit around the house. None. So that was out the window, done. Too late to go to co-op. So then I found a box of shreddies in the cupboard. I thought, okay, I love a bowl of shreddies. Love a bowl of shreddies. Where's the milk? There's no milk.
0: Oh, no. So
1: so, <laughs> so today, on today's Breakfast Club, I present to you, a. a I have a spoon. I don't know why. But I have a bowl of shreddies with no Jesus. A bowl of shreddies <laughs> with no milk, um, which um, hmm, it's going to be a fascinating eat. Um, could be quite dry. Should have really got a glass of water. Oh, Anything that was a mistake. Anything that are was they, a mistake. That's I think I glue my mouth just, shut during the podcast. Are talking plain plain shreddies? They are plain. Yeah. Plain there's shreddies. There is, nothing no with liquid. them. Not even a drink to no. wash
0: them down. No. My prediction is you get through three of them before you start.
1: (laughs) Well, look, uh, if at any point you're talking, you just see my mouth just shut like a puppet, then you know that they've glued me. Um, So, I mean, look, this is going to be, this is a sad day for me. Um, I didn't expect this at episode nine. I feel like it means that whatever the next podcast is, I have to go, I have to go all out for it to Mm. just try and forget this disgrace that i've decided to go for this morning you know, careers are yeah. full of
0: highs and lows and i think we've reached a low point oh it's um, an
1: impeccable low today is the low um so yeah you know these shreddies
0: when you see, you mentioned the shreddies and i thought well this isn't a, this isn't as bad as you as you made out before and and at the start but shreddies yeah, no milk shreddies. no drink and i mean come on
1: I'm just eating one now, Jack, and it's just reminiscing me about sort of the Malteser hot chocolate in episode two and how bad that was. I mean, this could be on a new scale here. <laughs> I might not actually be attempt to eat anything because this is disgraceful.
0: <laughs> plain shreddies, no milk. No. Do
1: any? Does anyone eat plain shreddies? nowadays? surely
0: not. Surely not. Oh,
1: can't be can't be even if you let even, us know if you do on the socials
0: even if you're a, you're not a milk person surely you're uh you're almond oh, milk or I'm, oat milking
1: i'm not a milk person i just have a dabble just a okay. dab yeah um just no, for I don't, moisture. I, I'm, I'm not yeah exactly i'm not filling the bowl to the top no. like i'm drowning it no it's uh just a nice little bit of milk but uh didn't even have that opportunity today didn't have that option. So, yeah, the uh, dry shreddy is what we're taking on today.
0: Okay. Well, it's a good thing. <laughs> you can hear that me we've... choking. You can hear me it's... choking in the background. <laughs> it's a good thing that we've uh, got good news to, to start off the Prem Roundup. As you can see, I'm a happy man this Monday morning as Arsenal won the North London Derby yesterday, two goals to one at the Emirates. will start from your point of view. Surely you must agree that the Spurs came into this one far too negative.
1: Yeah, I mean um we spoke about it on last week's podcast, didn't we? We spoke about our top our, our favourite derbies and um I think once again the North London derby delivered something that was entertaining to watch. Um you know, um that um we have to talk about that Lamella goal, first off. Um not only is it outrageous, but it's still not the best Rabonna he's ever scored. <laughs> you know, he scored that one from outside the box in the Europa League a few seasons back. Yeah. And for a player I despise so much, mm. um, to just see that quality, Gee, the swaz he's put on that, as it's just it's just flown into the bottom right hand corner. Oh, it's a beautiful goal. It really is, and everyone was going crazy on social media about it. I don't blame them because when you see something like that, that's got to be a goal of the season contender right mm. off the bat. Um, but and and then you look at that, and from that point, you know don't get going you know they they got the goal but it's classic marino isn't it they get get the lead and then it's almost like they don't they struggle to kick on and i know they obviously i know obviously son got injured but that was in the second half wasn't it and you know mm. by that point it was already one all at half time no i think i don't no, that improvised. was no that was
0: first half because lamella got brought on for him
1: right okay so this and this is the thing you know when you lose such a key player like son you would expect it to and i i know that you know people were saying oh it's because son got injured but hold on if Lamella's come on on for him and scored you know you've actually taken the lead Odegaard obviously gets that goal back and then it's all about the penalty in the second half and you know when I first saw it I thought um, I, I I did think it looked a sort. I looked a foul and I know this is the difficult one isn't it Jack it's about is that a foul nowadays because it? it's obviously yeah. the follow Lacazette gets the shot away but it's the follow through which actually takes him out is it still a pe- I think it is I think it is. I think we've seen it with numerous other ones as well, where I think the follow-through still catches them, even after the ball's gone. I seem to remember clearly um, it was Spurs-Chelsea when Alonso got absolutely clattered by the goalie. Mm. And, you know, Alonso had actually got to the ball before him, but still the follow-through absolutely nails him. For me, it's still a penalty. So I, didn't, I, I wouldn't have any real complaints about that as a if I, if I was a Spurs fan, to be honest with you. But obviously... Arsenal fan perspective. You must be pleased.
0: Yeah, of course. I mean, penalty, definitely a penalty for me. The ball is st- the ball still in play to be chased after Lacazette fluffs it. Nico mm. Pepe, by the way, absolutely fuming because he's put an absolute peach of the ball in in for Lacazette to absolutely fluff his lines for. Lucky yeah, what really, is it that doing Sanchez fluffing it anyway. Sanchez absolutely flies into him. I think it could be <laughs> a penalty even if Lacazette gets the shot off because Sanchez is going nowhere near it. He yeah. just dives into Lacazette. The Lamella goal, Lamella, such a strange man. He, he does two things on a football pitch score a bonus and gets sent off. And he and he gave yeah. us the doubler tonight, uh, last night. Yeah. <laughs> G- gave us two in one game. The Rabona goal, it's less impressive when you realise that's easier for him than shooting with his right foot. <laughs> he, he, he's the most one footed player. True. He's the most one-footed yep. player I've ever seen in my life and he pulls them out <laughs> more frequently than he pulls the right-footed shot out. The red card, I'm so glad players like that. When players like that get sent off, just the digs and the kicks and the elbows all throughout the game for yep. 90 minutes, it's yep. so frustrating to watch. So seeing them get sent off and knowing that that will uh, put a damper on the goal, especially considering they lost at the end of it, really does yep. help the situation. But yeah, I, th- I think we deserve the win. I, th- I think Spurs, and we saw by the last 15 minutes, in typical Arsenal fashion, that they go one goal up and suddenly, oh no, we have to keep a lead now. I forgot how to play football. Mm. Are you, anyone? Anyone out how to play football? Anymore? Yeah. How, did, how Spurs didn't score? Even with 10 men in that last 15, I have no idea. But that it just goes to show if Spurs went for the throat from the start, they could have easily sent us to the cleaners if they wanted to. Kane could have scored two mm. or three on another day, got unlucky with the free kick, Gabriel with the, the goal line clearance that, yeah, headed away. That,
1: that, in the last, in re, like really late on, sort of 90th minute-esque, and I think that's sort of the moments as well where you find Arsenal, if they're going to slip up, it's going to be really late on, isn't it? They're going to mm. lure you in, and then all of a sudden, right at the end, make a mess of it. And that I think that block from Sanchez... Um, from Sanchez's shot by Gabriel, that was yeah. something where I was like, that was serious. Because, I mean, was, I, I was surprised it didn't knock him out. It was like Rocky Balboa taking that to the face. You know, I mean, it was seriously impressive. And I thought, I mean, here's a question for you, Jack. Regardless of the result, a lot of people have been talking about it. I saw a lot of people talking about it in the build-up to the North London Derby this week. Is, is the North London Derby as big as it used to be? Because a lot of people are saying it's now... You know, it used to be all about Arsenal United, regardless of the North London derby. Is it still as big, do you think, as a derby game? I, or is I it now Chelsea-Spurs? I mean, like, oh, a lot I mean, of people seem not, to see let's that Let's not take them in. Oh, I'm just, I'm let's, raising let's not the take point.
0: The I'm raising the question. I mean, Chelsea, no one looks out in the candor for Chelsea-Spurs apart from Chelsea fans, let's be honest. <laughs> um, but I, there, there's, you, you have to say that the the North London derby's gone down in stature, but that's only because of, of where the clubs are in the league. I think if they were mm. both hot in the top four race, then it would be a really hotly contested, highly watched derby. But since they're both lingering 6th to 10th, it's, it's, it's tough to take it seriously as, as two massive clubs going at each other right now. But I think, as, as you said from the get-go the the entertainment factor is still there we still got a good game out of it and thank god considering the rest of the weekends football we got
1: yeah it's been it was a struggle wasn't it um no. the expectations were high and unfortunately i think they were a bit too high from us uh yeah so i mean at least we had one game which delivered yeah. something to talk about at least
0: uh finally on arsenal spurs obamyang dropped uh for Arriving late to the pre-team meeting now, Derby Day for for Arteta to be pushing discipline on Derby Day. Mm. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think that's too harsh, or do you think there's there's certain standards and the, and the players have to meet them regardless?
1: Well, look, I think that I think there's certain standards. I mean. Uh everyone must have seen that photo from chelsea when lampard was manager of like all you know all the list of fines yeah you know um specifically for different things if you arrive late or if you you're wearing your match day suits or you you know things like this and you're thinking that's you know you're looking there's like 500 quid a minute and i know these players are on huge amounts of money but even still that you know that must have been uh, pretty frustrating for players, and I, I think the thing with the Abamian one, why it's so interesting is, club captain, you, and if if the derby is still the biggest game of Arsenal season, mm. right now in terms of how big a game it is, then to drop him for being late at a team meeting, um, is really, shows real balls from Arteta, doesn't it? It shows that he's going to take no nonsense, which is probably what you want to see. But at the same time, how much does that backfire if you'd have lost yesterday quite comfortably? Yeah. Because all, because all of a sudden, then all the heat goes onto Arteta on should Aubameyang been in the team. I think, and surely it must be more than that. Surely it must be more than that. to drop him for a game of that significance for just being late to a team meeting. I know he's captain; you've got to set an example. But you know, is that? Do you then take? Do you then drop him completely? I'm. i do not know. I think you know Arteta in the end got his way didn't he We got yeah, the three points yeah. he got the win but I think if it if it had gone wrong all of the questions everyone's looking at him completely I mean what did you think of it
0: I when I saw it pre-game I was really confused because I was wondering what he could have possibly done to have been jobs but still make the bench mm. it, it, it's, that's a weird like line of discipline of Oh, well, you can't be doing that. You're out of the team. But we'll keep you on the bench in case we need you.
1: Yeah, we're going to keep you on the... Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: To bail us out and make me look like an absolute fool if we In behind. case we're
1: losing 2-1 <laughs> in the final <laughs> minutes, look, I may go to you. That's what it basically is.
0: Also, when we were... Uh, I'm not sure if it was 1-1 or 2-1 at the time. He sends Aubameyang out to warm up just to bring on El Nene. I think that was a lovely bit of shouts from Arteta himself. Yeah, yeah, to, uh, yeah. Well, it's been, just, to it to well it's been a good weekend of it him who's It's been a good weekend
1: I suppose sometimes you got to and, you know, with Arteta, this being his first management job, maybe people have said, you know, is he up to it? Has he got the character to deal with sort of strong personalities? And I know, you know, he obviously shipped out a load of those in January, the likes of Ozil and Socrates, mm. Mustafi, Kolasinac, but maybe, you know, maybe this is him putting his imprint on the team. I, I highly doubt it as I still, I still don't really rate you. But, uh, I, uh, <laughs> You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't mean, I look at the uh, table,
0: and I I, I don't understand an <laughs> argument right now.
1: Well, let's let's talk about no, your I lot. No, I mean then. it's a work in progress. Yeah, let's let's
0: talk. talk let's talk about your lot then. Well, I mean the rest of the week and stuff, as I've mentioned, it's going to be a quick run through. I think uh, I can't see too oh, yeah. much discussion. It'll be brief. Um, so Chelsea nil leads nil. <laughs> Chelsea become the second team uh, to draw nil-nil with Leeds this season after Arsenal did it in November. Both games you come out of it following in your
1: footsteps. If
0: both games you come out of it wondering how on earth that ended 0 nil Chelsea, same same old story really. looked pretty solid at the back and going forward, mm. like kind of feigned a threatening nature, but no, nothing too. Substantial. the The closest you got was when the two leads defenders booted it off each other, and it nearly looped yep. Meslier into his own net, which would have been a, a real talking point. But yeah, what did you think? I, mean, I, I saw Kai Havertz was kind of playing in the false nine or the nine role in in this setup. Mm. You got obviously got Champions League in in midweek. Do you think he got unlucky, or do you think there's still a bit more adapting to do? Because I, I saw a bit more from him than I have seen throughout the rest of the season.
1: Uh, I mean, he was in that position for the Everton game, and he was pretty instrumental. You know, obviously, um, it was. Off, I think it was off his shot. Um, I think he got a touch of it where the own goal came from uh, mm-hmm. against Everton. You know, obviously John Pickford nailed him, and we got the penalty to make it two nil. Um, so obviously he then gets to the start on Saturday, um, and you know he looked livelier in that position than he's done in any position all season. He had opportunities against Leeds. Um, and, but nearly every shot was just straight at the keeper. Like, I mean straight down the middle. Like, he he couldn't put it left or right. So, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely positives there in terms of 70 million that we've spent on a player. And now he's finally showing just slightly something that he can do. But, I mean, he, even, look, you know, we go to Ellen Road. I don't think anyone would have predicted 0-0 for this game. I certainly didn't. Um, I know that we've been solid at the back, but I thought just with how Leeds play football, with you know a bit the rivalry that it is, I thought be goals in this. And I was at work at the time, and on and on commentary for the game was Sam Matterface, and Sam goes, you know, it, I think it was about 25 minutes in, and he goes, there is no chance this game is ending nil-nil. And at that point, I thought, right, I wonder what the <laughs> odds are of nil-nil because that's <laughs> definitely going to happen now. And what? And lo and behold. It did, oh, and poor um, Sam. yeah, I think this is the thing. Look, it's great from a defensive perspective. You know, Cat Mendy, the man's racking up clean sheets yeah. at the minute. Um, I think he's on fourteen now for the season, um, <clears throat> and he made a, he made a couple of really good saves as well, um, especially that one from Tyler Roberts, mm. where it's almost like the the literally the smallest part of his fingertip he's managed to get to it, and it hits the underside of the bar. Unbelievable save, but. From yeah, from a from our perspective, look, we've got big games coming up, like you said, Atletico midweek. Um, I think obviously now the thing is every game now. I'm looking. I'm looking at Leeds and people going, "Are you gonna? Would you take a point against Leeds?" And I was going, "No," because I'm actually starting to get really worried about West Ham, which I never thought <laughs> I would ever say in about a race for top four, but and and this is the thing, it's going to get close now. I think at the moment the run that we're on, and the you know. Is, is brilliant it's fantastic it's about sort of keeping that up now because yeah. um, our running towards the end of the season is really difficult you know we've got the you know final day of the season we've got uh, Villa away which is always a difficult game for us mm. we've got City we've got Arsenal Leicester as well those are not easy games by any stretch of the imagination so it's going to be now I think our next three we've got you know the, the relegation candidates we've yeah. got the likes of West Brom Brighton um, chef in the FA Cup as well, so those are the games where you're going to be wanting slapping points out for fun. Um, but uh, I mean, look from yeah, it's difficult to take a nil-nil, but it was it was it wasn't the most entertaining nil-nil, but it was certainly nothing like the standard of uh, West Brom Newcastle uh, a couple oh. of weeks back. Oh, Nothing probably. like that. Nothing like that. That's that's, that's kind where you of raw. Watch the, paint dry.
0: That's now the benchmark. <laughs> oh, it is. It's of nil any nil nil. It's like, yeah. is it
1: any more entertaining than that game? Mm, <laughs> mm. Yeah. So no, it was. I, I'll take. I'll take a point. I'll have to take a point.
0: Yeah, and you're you mentioning West Ham. There, we have got Man United who won one nil against West Ham last night. Another terrible, drab, drab game. West Ham. Really did not go. Man United love churning
1: them out this season. Yeah. They love to churn out a
0: Dawson. This one I do think was West Ham's uh, fault though, mainly. They they sat back far too much for me, didn't spring enough counters, no real other talking points for me other than the goal, which was a Dawson own goal, as clear as you like a Dawson (laughs) own goal, which Scott McTominay (laughs) runs off celebrating.
1: But I don't know why. Because surely he he knows he knows in his heart he he's the, nowhere there's, near there's it.
0: Thirty cameras around in every in it, it, every direction.
1: Maybe he knows that VAR can be so diabolical that he thinks maybe they'll. Maybe they'll see that as my goal if I just run off and claim it. I mean, like, I don't know what he's thinking. You but can't
0: even take the old I, going on target thing. It flicks off him directly behind him it, in a straight line. Not, and Dawson he bullet well, headers
1: it into his own net. He may as well have been stood with Dean Henderson at the opposite <laughs> end of the pitch because he was nowhere near it. I mean, like, come on, Scott. And I know everyone wants to claim a goal now, but like, sometimes you're going like, you haven't even got a chance on that one. But I think you're right. I think you're right with in terms just briefly. Um, West Ham were going to go to Old Trafford, weren't they? And they weren't going to play attacking, you know, no. to try and open United up. They were just going to sit and try. And, and I think they were happy to. They would have been happy to take a point. Um, but yeah, that's what happens. And I think it showed with Spurs as well, doesn't it? If you sit back and you try to just just sit out all game, eventually players' of quality will just break you down. And a moment like that, it happens. Yep,
0: and yet another team in that in that sort of Europe race. Everton they showed inconsistencies as they lost two one to Burnley. How good were Burnley in this game? By the way, I I've I seen wa- them start a game so well.
1: I've not seen Burnley play um, so well in a very long time. i honestly, I they were cutting Everton apart defensively for fun, it, and it was you know I'm looking at it and I'm thinking you know. The, you know the players that Burnley have. None of them scream to you, do they? Like mm. he's a well beater, or he, yeah. You know they have players who you know uh, do their job well, like yeah. Chris Wood, um, Dwight McNeil, and those two showed up. And I mean that Dwight McNeil goal as mm. well. The man hardly gets a shot on target, so to absolutely scorch one into the top corner like that, oh, it was it was uh, fantastic. And it, honestly, it could have been four or five that Burnley yeah. scored. It could, it could have been so many more. And I mean, that's what's so interesting, isn't it? A team like Burnley, people have been going, could they be in the relegation fight? Could they be Lord? A performance like that, you are going, a couple more of them, no, no worries yeah. at all. They're really impressive, really, really good. And I think, yeah, that's Everton top four done, isn't it? They'll mm-hmm. be fighting for a top six now, but yeah, that's top four done for them, I think.
0: Yeah, I just think it shows they are not don't have that consistency to really mount the, the charge needed. Um, Burnley, yeah. I, you mentioned Dwight McNeil's goal there. I do, I do really rate Dwight McNeil as a player. I think it's tough to be a, a tricky winger in that Burnley team when all you do oh, yeah, is, yeah. Is, is non-stop crosses and, and track him back. Yeah. He, I'm, I'm really glad he showed some of that skill there. I really hope we, we see a bit more of it because if he gets a move, I really think he's a player that could excel in, in a, at least a mid-table uh, Prem team in a more attacking world. Uh, In terms of Burnley relegation rivals, it didn't really uh, help out that that all the other relegation rivals were kind of informed this weekend. Brighton picking up a win against Southampton. About time that they actually make do with with some of their chances. Lewis Dunk with a bullet header from a corner and uh, then followed up later on. Uh, I believe who, who scored the second? It was Che Adams. Che, it was che, um, che, che, che Adams, Adams scored, scored a great goal, great goal for Southampton. The Trossard goal for Brighton yes, was the second. Great goal that Trossard, with really a great finish uh, to take the dub for Brighton. Do, are you still uh, unsure? Do you think there's still a chance that they go down?
1: Um, well, look, it's really tight down there um, in terms of Brighton's home form is what lets them down so badly. Mm. Away from home, completely different story. I don't think Graham Potter, let alone any Brighton fan or any player, understands why they can't play um, and get results at the Amex compared Mm. to away from home. Um, Look, they really needed a win. um, And to grind that out is huge. But, I mean, it's, it's so close. I mean, you're looking at those teams in there with Fulham, Brighton, Newcastle. And only a point separates Brighton and Newcastle, and that's the next game this yeah. Saturday. That's huge, but it's at the Amex. Mm. So, I mean, even with a really poor Newcastle team, this Brighton team, they just can't play at home. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I mean, look, it's a huge win, and I think it's. A- you know, Grand Potter to finally just get three points after, like you said, the last few games. Even you know, you look back to some of the games over the last few weeks. You know, like that Crystal Palace one, where you're thinking, "How on earth did they lose?" To finally just get three points. But like you said, it's no nobody's done them any favours because it's almost like, "Oh, great, back to square one." But you know, I think it's all about them three now. I think it's about Brighton. I think it's about Newcastle and Fulham for that final relegation place.
0: Yeah, and even if they can take respite with with Fulham dropping points. It's tough to really analyse it when you're against Man City and they can just take you to the mm. clean. I mean, Fulham didn't help themselves out with a couple poor mistakes at the back in a 3-0 in a defeat, but I, I'm sure they'll come back and it'll still be a tight battle. Uh, Newcastle got that point against Aston Villa as well in that ve- last minute. Well, how big themselves equalised. Yeah, exactly. That could be huge. It just puts even more emphasis, as you say, on that Brighton-Newcastle game. It's like losers in much more trouble than the winner in that one.
1: But just, but just quickly, Jack, on that Newcastle Villa game, like you just mentioned there, I, there's a there's a picture from the final. I think it's sixty or ninety seconds of that game. Villa are leading one nil, mm. and Villa have the ball in the Newcastle box. Yeah. I mean, what are you, what are you doing? Like, how close the game? Just go somebody, go <laughs> go to the corner and be a bit of a shithouse house and just get. You know, just nick it off him and get another corner or a throw-in. Like, I mean, that's the thing. How huge could that goal be? Like we've just said, there yeah. come the end of the season. If it is at the minute, it's a point that separates Newcastle and Brighton. You know, that's how big it's going to be.
0: Yeah. And finally, on the roundup, we got to talk about Chris Wilder. who was uh, mutually left Sheffield United this week. Obviously, we know the the issues Sheffield United have had this season, bottom in the table, 14 points first game without him though a 5-0 humiliating loss to Leicester where they just weren't even close to turning
1: up oh it's embarrassing uh,
0: and i think this segment for me is going to be an ode to wilder uh, the the job he's done there i think to get them mm. up into the premier league in the first place with through this expansive style is, is something to truly truly credit the man and to and to get them a top half finish as well last season no one yep. no one expected that at all i think Second season syndrome was bound to happen. As bad as it did, not sure. But uh, I, I think they're a much better team with him than without him. And I do fear for them going into next season now more than I did.
1: Well, I mean, it's such an interesting one, isn't it? Because you would think when when the news broke on um, Friday mm-hmm. that he was apparently going to go, that he'd apparently been sacked and they didn't even confirm it until the Saturday evening, you thought to yourself... Of all the timing now, why in the middle of March, when you knew the writing was really on the wall come sort of November, December, you knew that they were pretty much down down and out by then. I was expecting, you know, you saw it with West Brom and they bring in Sam Allardyce to try and reinvigorate their season. I was expecting that If Wilder was going to go, it would be then. To keep him until now, you've almost accepted you're getting relegated. So I thought they were going to do, you know, you've seen it with sort of Daniel Farker in the championship. Norwich go down, you know, straight back down in 20th place. They've kept Daniel Farker. And now they're 10 points clear at the top of the championship. So I was expecting them to keep Chris Wilder and sort of then build. Clearly, there's stuff going on. And I I think so many people have said that the writing was on the wall. Um, that people sort of knew that this was going to be a possibility, that this was going to happen. But I just find the timing so strange. Something must have happened, Jack, behind the scenes, where I think he was starting to get um, frustrated with the board and wanted yeah. backing in terms of next season. I just find it so strange, you know, of, all, of now of all times. And, you know, a performance like yesterday's, where you're letting Kalecci and Acho score a hat-trick against you, you not only have you accepted relegation, but you've almost given up. You know, like it's it, it was it was embarrassing to see. Um, so no, I think Chris Wilder's done a fantastic job there. And I mean, this is the thing, Jack. And I think you'll agree. Everyone will. People are remembering Chris Wilder for this season and how Sheffield United performed. But I still think there are people who are going, and I think the majority of Sheffield United fans are thinking. Last season, not only did he get them to a top half finish, and I know they might have dropped off in the sort of in the lockdown period. But he was getting them challenging for... People were going, Sheffield United can't get Champions League football. They can't get Europe, (laughs) can they? And you look at that and you've got to say, you know, what he brought to the Premier League, people couldn't work it out with the sort of overlapping centre-halves, the football that he brought... And I think this is the thing that people worked out this season. But that's what he should be remembered for. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it will be long before he gets a, another top job. I think it's just obviously very sad for Sheffield United fans because it is sort of a legend of the club who's done so well as a manager for him That you know they've just they've just let him go just like that, and you know they haven't backed him, which is it's going to be frustrating for them.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a real shame. I I I do think this might be more of a. Wilder wanting out more than a, a full-on sacking, to be honest. As oh, you mentioned it, yeah. there, there's definitely tensions between him and the board. He wanted players in the summer that the board didn't agree with and they kind of put their foot in on on the new signings. Mm. It, it, you can see week by week Wilder getting unhappier and unhappier. I, I was reading a piece on The Athletic about it and they they said after the... Palace game where they were still at, um without a whim almost halfway into the season, and mm. full time goes and they could just overhear Wilder saying, "Oh, don't don't know how much more I can take of this, Barloks."
1: Yeah, and, and I mean and that's get- and that's the thing. I mean, look, I think one of the big frustrations for him as well will be this season. I think what's let them down is the fact that they haven't had that out and out goal scorer that they can rely on. Mm. There's nobody in that team, you know. I know they brought in Rhea and Brewster. But to put all that pressure on a young man's shoulders who has never played regular Premier League football, and to expect him to come in and all of a sudden be their savior—it's not going to happen. And I, know, think the, I
0: think the lack of minutes of Brewster shows that that's not truly a, a wilder signing.
1: I, I think I think you're completely right as well. I think you're completely right. If and and you know, at the end of the day, he might agree with bringing him in to give him some experience, a backup striker. But he's not going to lead your line, is no. he? Currently, you need someone with Premier League experience and. I think that's the thing, They this season was the season for them to, and you've seen it over previous years when clubs have been in the Premier League for long periods after coming up, they sort of slowly build each year so they slightly improve and they might be in a relegation fight for a couple of years, yeah. but if they just keep slowly building they'll become sort of like that mid-table side, so like we've seen with a Palace for example. But they just didn't make those signings, you know. It must be so frustrating for Sheffield fans. I think they all accepted they were going down. I didn't think they accepted that they were going to lose Chris Wilder or he was going to leave as their manager.
0: Yeah, do hope Wilder gets into a job as soon as possible. I think we'll see him soon. Great character in the game. Really fantastic to have him in the league. hope he uh, bounces back sooner rather than later. Uh, well, we were lucky enough this week, Will, to have uh, two EFL Trophy finals back-to-back <laughs> days. Uh, we complaining about the football. How can we be so greedy to uh, to look past
1: two double bounce.
0: EFL trophies? Double uh, make, makes up makes up for cancellations last season. Sunderland beating Tranmere to win this season's 24 hours after Salford beat Portsmouth to win last season's. So had, had us thinking, though. The, no one's talking about the EFL trophy. They're talking about the Papa John trophy. Well, it's real The Papa name, Johns. The real name. Had us thinking. <laughs> top five sponsorships in football. Now, I think we've yep. gone down two different roads with this. You, yep. I... Think have gone for more iconic route.
1: I've gone for more iconic. Some I'm, of them are quite controversial, but th- okay. it's sort of iconic to me. When I think of a team, I, I, I think of this. So uh, yeah, that I've gone with iconic. What about yourself?
0: I've gone for funny. I've gone for okay. ones that made me laugh to this day. Uh, strangest, bizarre, but still memorable in their own way. Okay. If if you. Okay want to start with the iconic ones, if you want to rattle off your top five. Yeah, I, I,
1: just before I get into the top five, I wanted to give an honourable mention. Okay. So these are all kit sponsors that I've done. Okay. But I wanted to give an honourable mention because a lot of talk has been about the League Cup. And you know, yeah. it's been yeah. you know the Carling Cup, mm. the Capital One Cup, the Carabao. I'm a Carling Cup man through Same. and through. It's Agreed. an iconic name. And I just wanted to give that the respect it deserves. Carabao, Capital One, doesn't have the ring. It's all about the carling. But, okay, my top five. Um, These are my most iconic. Um, So number five, I've gone with Inter Milan and Pirelli as their shirt Mm. sponsor. I think for me that is. I know that the sponsorship is. I think it's ending this season after years and years. But whenever you see anything associated with Inter Milan, you just see that Pirelli tyres. You think of you know that iconic team where they had all those le- the likes of you know Ronaldo, Zanetti when they won the Champions League in eleven twelve as well with Mourinho. I think it's just such an iconic shirt sponsor for me um, with that blue and black kit. Absolute beauty. That's my number five. I'm going Inter Milan Pirelli now my number four I'm going Liverpool and Carlsberg big beer Uh, theme. big beer well look the thing is with this one I always I always think of the kit where you know you had you know the likes of Steven Gerrard and you know like the likes of like Xabi Alonso Mascherano Mm. Torres as well and I associate it with them being that club trying to win the league but always just settling for either 5th or slipping into the top four, which gives me sort of good memories because they and it also gives me memories of when Chelsea always, every year, seemed to play Liverpool in the Champions League. I don't know why it happened. It was nearly every year we'd get them in the knockouts. Yeah. Um, but that gives me good memories all the same. So I'm going to go Liverpool, Karlsberg, number four, number three, Jack. It's going to be a slightly off one for you, I'm sure. I'm going Bolton Wanderers, rebark. Huge. Now, these were the days where you could expect to see Sam Allardyce at it on the touchline. You've got a team, Kevin Nolan, Nicholas Anelka, that phenomenal Finnish keeper, Jussi Jaskolainen, in the sticks. And, I'm sorry, but what made Bolton a team that were challenging for Europe? Big Sam football. And I mean, it just the whole Reebok thing that mm. makes me think of a successful Bolton team. It's a shame what's happened to them in recent years. Obviously now in League Two, but I just associate the Reebok Stadium, Reebok as a shirt sponsor. That was like a, that was iconic for me growing yeah. up, and actually seeing a successful Bolton team. I think, um, which is a shame I slipped off. Number two, I'm staying close to home: Chelsea and Samsung. I was. It was a sad day for me when Samsung finally left the building, and we replaced it with that well-known brand of Yokohama tyres. Um, and so many memories of the Samsung kit. So many memories, the success and the sort of growth of the team. Um, for around, I think we had it for around over just over ten years. And you know, through that time, you know, winning all these trophies and yeah, for me, Samsung was just an iconic shirt. Um sponsor had it on the very first kit I got with Frank Lampard number eight on the back. That's my number two. And then my number one, as iconic as they go, Barcelona and UNICEF. And it makes me think of that Pep Guardiola team. Mm. That Pep team that were just so dominant, so successful. Um winning the Champions League at Wembley against United. That beautiful shirt. I remember getting Danny Alves on the back of it. Of all players to get. I was in Barcelona. I was in Barcelona. I thought, I've got to get a Barcelona shirt. Do I get Messi? Do I get Henri? Do I get Zlatan? No. I'm going to go right back. By (laughs) trade, I was a Stratford Town right back, and I thought, I'm sticking to my roots and getting Danny Alves too. Let him know. So uh, that was my uh, top five. Yeah, my number one, the Barcelona UNICEF sponsorship
0: that's a good pick that that last one especially is a great pick if we go got an iconic I'd like to throw out all the uh, pretty much every Arsenal kit pre-emirates O2, O2 Sega the O2, yeah. I mean take take your pick but yeah I, I, I'm a you know I'm a big kit man sponsorships yep. make or break the kit and you know it's when, it, when it's, it's, it's an iconic one it just ups that kit levels from a good kit to a great kit and uh, yeah, I've gone a completely different route. Okay, okay, <laughs> completely let's Completely different route. Far more tongue-in-cheek. Um, okay, here's my top five funniest uh, sponsorships in football. Number five, in honour of the Papa John's trophy, I've gone for a cup. It's, uh, I believe, the Scottish League Cup, but what's well, more better known? The Tunnock's Caramel Wafer Challenge Cup. Uh, and Okay. Uh, <laughs> it it just reminds me I think with this merging with the Papa John's Trophy it's got the American vibe of you would hear the KFC honeysuckle bucket sponsored by Trophy's <laughs> Championship <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I want it in my football but I can certainly appreciate the comedy value of it
1: a tonics caramel wafer Well, the tonics wow. caramel wafer okay. challenge
0: cup also love a tonics caramel wafer so fair play to them
1: Big incentive.
0: Number four, Everton being sponsored by Angry Birds. Uh, The sleeve sponsor was funny enough, but I believe they also had an advert with, I think, Pickford, Yerry Mina, Andre Gomez. (laughs) They were playing the game. They were giving like fake, oohs, playing Angry Birds with Uh, like uh, pigs with uh, their haircuts (laughs) on (laughs) incredible content I think they've still got it on the shirt to this day and, and yeah, I'm sure I think they, they do they have I'm sure shirt it's shirts. a good money maker Angry Birds is a massive massive game to, to get hold of but it's just funny to see on that on that shirt sleeve number three Manchester City's multi-year deal with dating app Tinder this includes <laughs> videos uh, of the City players I, I think if I remember rightly they were helping fans on Tinder I think that's still oh. on YouTube Really weird oh, stuff. Oh, oh. the 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 move was made to help both brands apparently reach new audiences. Not sure what. Well, I mean.
1: Who would be the mo- I I don't know who I would trust out of those city players to help me most on. I Tinder. think I, I
0: think it was Sterling, Mendy, and someone else. I want to say.
1: I wouldn't trust Ben Mendy. He's hardly in the team. could
0: <laughs> this, as- this was a couple years back. This was a couple years back.
1: He couldn't assist anything. No chance of him helping me swipe left or right on that. I'm not trusting Ben with it.
0: Best part of this deal, uh, the when it was announced, it was infam- infamously followed with a massive blimp with Man City and Tinder's logo on it across Manchester, which was uh... announced and sent across the city the day after they lost 3-0 to Liverpool in the Champions League. <laughs> Which just great timing, really good timing. Content all over Twitter. <laughs> it was great stuff. Number two, simple but effective. In the late 2000s, uh, Getafe in Spain had a, a struck up a kit sponsor with Burger King. Not. A, it's not. It's not a great look on the shirt, but nothing too out of the ordinary. Oh wait! Mm. Pull the shirt over the head. You've got a picture of the king's face for when you celebrate. <laughs> it's absolute genius marketing. I don't know if any of the players actually did it, but there were tons of marketing pictures. Well, do of you it. get
1: booked for that now?
0: I don't know or if, if it's just if taking the, the shirt over, off. I, I don't know if it, if kit over the over the face is booking, and if and if it's not, it's it's even more genius from uh, the BK yeah. crew. Number one, Almond Vale Stadium in Livingston. You're probably thinking, that's not weird, Jack. That's a perfectly normal-sounding stadium. That's because that's what the fans and most others call it, as they don't want to call it its official sponsorship name, which is the Tony Macaroni Arena. The Tony Macaroni Arena in Scotland. Tony Macaroni (gasps) being a brand of of Scottish-Italian restaurants. It's oh. the worst name of a stadium I've ever heard in my life, apart from the Birmingham Trillion Trophy Stadium. But that's oh, not sponsorship, yeah, yeah. so they, yeah, they get sad. off scot-free this week. But the Tony Macaroni Arena in Livingston, Scotland, takes mm. the, the gold for me this week in the funny sponsorships in football, just for the name.
1: Well, I, rem- well, I remember that. I mean, that is a great list. It made me think of, I remember, um, I think it was England, Sri Lanka and the cricket. Hmm. they recently played a series and they were fighting for a trophy. And I found out the trophy was called the Moose Cup. Nice. So, I mean, I mean of all things, you know, sad names for trophies. Nothing really entices me to... as uh, You know, imagine that... Jordan Henderson has now got his hands on the elusive Moose Cup. You know, it doesn't have that same ring. Well, I could get, um, I could get over it. I think. I think I could. I think you could deal could with Moose
0: Cup. O- I think he could get over with me.
1: <laughs> you could deal with the Moose Cup. The Moose Cup. I'm not so sure. Brands That's a good well list enough. though. I like put that Papa list.
0: John's, put Papa John's in front of it. Oh no! <laughs> so I might get involved.
1: <laughs> Papa's Moose Cup. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a good, it's a good list, Jack. I have to give you that. I'm Cheers,
0: impressed. mate. Thank you. I tell you what's not good. The predictions.
1: Uh, yeah, I didn't think it would be
0: two weeks running
1: nil nil in the predictions. Oh, nil nil. Again. We haven't got a point in three weeks. Oh, it's well, embarrassing. At what point do we just? <laughs> at what point do we just put our hands and go? We don't know anything. Yeah, we're just. I, oh god.
0: So it's still fourteen all in the in the full on table. I I don't know what to say at this point. That's so poor for us. So, yeah, so poor. I mean, we, we've talked about that the, the games were tough to predict. Uh, we both had United mm. winning. They they drew with Milan. You were robbed of three points there, to be fair. Milan equalised right at the end. Uh, Chelsea leads. We both had goals in that one, obviously. And we both had Spurs beating yeah, well, Arsenal. No. The one time I'm not faithful to the lads.
1: Yeah. The one time in, you uh, don't back them. Yeah, killer.
0: My own, my own fault, really. Onto well, the, well, on to the sweet, though. Let's if we get some. move on. We move on. We're, we're streaky players, we're form players. We just need those points okay. behind us to, yeah, let's do it. to get let's moving. Do it. So let's start off with we, we, it's a game we've bigged up for two weeks now. Brighton, Newcastle in the league. At yep. the Amex, you've mentioned the poor home form. I'm going to yes. get started this week. I still, You know, I back the Brighton boys. I backed them against Leicester. I'll back them against Newcastle. Uh, I'll say 1 0. 1 0. I think it's one of them games. Newcastle will sit in for it. Brighton will pump shots and missed opportunities mm. in before. But I think they will grab the goal. I'm going for my boy. I'm going Danny Welbeck to back.
1: Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, you don't fancy any points this week either, <laughs> by the sounds of it. You're, you're not up for getting on the score sheet. Um, Danny Welbeck. Wow. Okay. Interesting choice. Um, I'm. Look. I think Brighton's home form is terrible. I think Newcastle at the moment are terrible. Do I see goals? No. I'm going 0-0. <laughs> Not applicable as goal scorer. It's a 0-0-er. It's an 8 o'clock at night, which means it's going to be a dull game. Either way. So right I'm going right
0: after we've beat it up for the last two weeks, he's gone for a firm 0-0. Fair play. A firm 0-0. Uh, our only bit of FA Cup action in the predictions this week, we've gone Leicester, Manchester United. We Will yeah. talk us through it.
1: Well, I think it's a, I think it's going to be an interesting game. Obviously, FA Cup, um, we're heading towards the latter rounds now, so it's actually starting to get mm. a bit interesting. Um, and I, I it's quarterfinals, finals isn't it? I think we're at the so. quarter-finals. So, I mean, here we go. Chance of being at the semis, playing at Wembley as well. Mm. I think this is the biggest game of the weekend in it for me. Um, I think it's going to be 2-1 United. I know it's at the King Power. I think it's going to be 2-1 United. I think still Leicester... They've been getting away with it recently because they have been playing teams like Brighton, Sheffield United. Um, I think against the United side, they're going to find it hard, especially if they don't have the likes of James Madison there with the creativity. Harvey Barnes out as well. So I'm going 2-1 United. I'm going to go Mason Greenwood to score. Oh, I like that pick. Mason Greenwood. Looked
0: yeah. lively against West Ham. And lucky not to yeah, score. Yeah, exactly. Quick uh, I'm going for my classic Leicester score. I'm going 2-2. And I'll talk, I'll talk you through why. Leicester, obviously, we mentioned the injuries there. Madison and Barnes. But uh, there are a couple of players that can fill in there. Get Vardy and Ian Atchow on their day. As we saw, they can still provide with some goals. Man United mm. will be firmly focused on their Europa League game, I feel, against Milan a few days before. Yep. Uh, so one. I think there might be a little bit of rotation. Not anything to like really warrant a huge switch in, in predictions. But I think they could... Be a bit lackadaisical at times at the back as well. I'm going two-two goal scorer. Going to go on the United side, I think. I'm going to go for. I, I'm, he's, he claimed one. Let's go for he actually scores one. Let's go, <laughs> Scott McTominay. <laughs> well, he has. He, you know what? He's actually scored. He's, he's, he's piped in with a couple, has not he?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Ooh, I, I just thought one. I, I'm one for the narrative. So I thought if he's claiming that own goal, at least yes. give him something to actually try and claim.
1: Watch him score against Milan now.
0: Oh god, you, you're so <laughs> right. And and if he doesn't score, I'll just claim that he scored and I'll run off celebrating. <laughs>
1: <grand>. <laughs> I've got three points. <laughs> yeah, and finally got, one out.
0: Finally, we've got Villa Tottenham also in the Premier League. Yeah, this one's quite big. To be fair, both quite close in the league. Villa kind mm. of off form recently. will be unhappy with that Newcastle result. Likewise, Tottenham with the North London derby result. Tottenham play in the Europa League in midweek as well. But a 2-0 lead in that has you has got to have you thinking that they uh, will uh, have that one pretty easily sorted. No Son, though, I'd imagine, if he pulled up quite badly yeah. one. Uh, no Lamella either. But Lucas Moura looked good, and I'm going to say he's going to score. And I'm going to say 1-1. Well... Wow.
1: Wow, well, okay, it's interesting. What well, three, three outside of three outside of I'm going for goal two. Scores. I'm going two one Spurs, two okay. one Spurs. I'm going, um, and I'm just look. Villa have struggled so clearly without Jack Grealish. As mm. much as Dean Smith wants to deny it, they struggle without him. He is literally the talisman of that team, um, and I just think even if Spurs don't have Son, they've got someone like Harry Kane, and they've got players of better quality. I think. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be cagey, but I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go two one Spurs, um, and I'm going to go Ollie Watkins to score for Ooh. Villa. Um, think he's um, he's been brilliant this season, um, and especially stepped up to the Premier League when many people doubted him, like myself. So yeah, I'm going to go two one Spurs on this one, but Watkins to score.
0: Okay, so well, at least if if we do get n- nil poire, we're not actually going to be here for the next uh Couple of weeks to describe it. Is wow. it? This is an announcement. Yeah. We're gonna take a couple of weeks off because if the Premier League feel like it they they want it, then I feel like we deserve it too. The sure. the the thing is next weekend's football you've got I think it's four Premier League games and the cup. It's not enough for me. I right? it's not enough no. for me. the, the Premier League games don't look spicy enough for me.
1: Yeah, and that's what you need.
0: Yeah, and, and the cup's the cup, you know. I'm not talking about that until the semis now, I don't think.
1: Yeah, fair point, fair
0: point. Uh, and then after that's international football. So I think we're going to take a well-deserved two weeks after, after nine weeks And look, weeks I straight. think it
1: makes it... I think for episode 10 as well, that's mm. going to be a huge build-up. La Decima. We're going to reach oh, it. Yeah. We need to I get like ready. That. Yeah. So we've got, uh, we we'll, we'll gotta think get, some we've, stuff... To...
0: We've got to get prepared for that, but... <laughs> Please stay uh, involved with uh, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, you'll see the if you're on YouTube, you'll see the Twitter and the TikTok down below. If you're on the YouTube, please subscribe. Please like. Uh, Going to be looking to get older highlights from the first nine episodes up on the YouTube as their own standalone videos. Uh, if you're just craving that, pick that one out. Content, nickel. It will be there for you. Don't you worry about that. We'll be back in a. Couple weeks' time, hopefully, with an improved breakfast club. Will, how is it looking today?
1: Uh, well, look, this is going to be the easiest roundup I've ever given to breakfast club. Um, it was a disgrace, yeah. Um, uh, it was a nil, it, it was a nil out of 10. I'm not even giving it a point. The only one I ate was when I you saw me eat on yeah. camera, and I genuinely thought I was eating sawdust. Mm. So, look, I love shreddies with milk, not shreddies on their own, so it's going to be a nil out of 10 for me. Or a disgrace. Shreddy's a disgrace.
0: Malteser's hot chocolate, hot chocolate headquarters up in flames. Is, is it's, all, it's party time. We're out party of the relegation time zone. At, Nes- <laughs> at Nestle and Malteser, or Mars, whoever does Maltesers. we they, they We're say, out. They're out. Not, We're out. They're not being bottom now of the uh, <laughs> <laughs> of the, uh, of the, infamous the breakfast club's breakfast standing. The rating table. Oh, one, one time in the future, it's got to be Shreddy's with milk to see how it compares uh, and to get them on the board
1: that that can come in episode 50 (laughs) as we reminisce on the past 50 episodes of Take That One Out
0: well uh, that is full time on episode 9 and we'll see you in a couple weeks for (sighs) L'Ecima episode 10 we'll see you there thank you very much for joining and goodbye